What it takes to live for Jesus. What it takes to live for Jesus. Today we're going to be in John chapter 4, 21 through 26. And what it takes to live for Jesus, we're going to learn it takes real worship. Real worship. Authentic worship. Last week we learned that it takes dedication. And next week we'll learn about invitation. And it's an invitation that most of us overlook, but I think it might be some of our favorite message out of this series next week. Stacy and Jody are going to want to be here for it. Because this invitation Jesus gives to all of us who are here today. And we need it. And that's next week. And then what it takes to live for Jesus, we'll learn the last message. Our last part of the series will be a humility in prayer. Humility. Instead of demanding things from God, we come to him in a, with a humble heart and let God move upon us and we make our requests known to him as if we're requesting it from our own parent, not demanding it. But today we're going to talk about worship. What it takes for, to live for Jesus is worship. <coughs> Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for this message today. And Lord, I pray that as we go through, that we understand better what true worship is. Not a bunch of calisthenics, but where we come to church to touch you. Where we come and we tell you how much we love you, how much we need you. That, Lord, we come not to be entertained, but, Lord, to entertain you. We thank you for this, and I thank you for the anointing on me, Lord. I need your help today. And, Lord, let me only speak the words you would have me to speak. And I thank you, Lord, that your anointing will go from this sacred desk to everyone here so that we would have ears to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. True worship, could I say authentic worship, Jesus talks about in John chapter 4. Let's look at verse 21 and 22. But first I'm going to put a cough drop in. There was a preacher who used to, didn't have a clock in his church to see how long he was preaching. And his deacons didn't like him preaching over a certain amount of time. And he found that if he would take a lifesaver, put it in his mouth, and while he preached, 
when the lifesaver dissolved, he knew his time was up. Worked every time for him, and it was the perfect length, and his deacons were all happy with him. So he went to go to the pulpit, and he, just like I did, put the lifesaver in. Now, of course, this is a cough drop. And he started preaching. And he kept on preaching. And he kept on preaching. Pretty soon, his head deacon was sitting there looking at his watch like, what in the world's going on with him? And he looked up and looking at the watch. He's preached way over. He never does that. Finally, the deacon started doing this. Pastor's gone. It hasn't dissolved. I'm ignoring him. He knows better than that. Finally, the deacon took off his watch. It was one of those self-winding watches from years ago, you know, before batteries. And he started shaking it and listening. Is this thing working? <coughs> Pastor looked at his own watch, thought he preached for an hour. Couldn't understand it. Finally, he took the lifesaver out of his mouth and discovered he had put a button in there instead. <laughs> That's why I wanted to make sure you saw me put the cough drop in. So you knew that I didn't put a button in. Pray for me as I preach today. True worship, authentic worship, it is faith-based. John 4, 21. And he said, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. True worship is faith-based. How many times have we gotten up on Sunday morning and were run down? How many times have we gotten to church and all we've done is fight with the kids in the back seat all the way to church? How many times have we arrived at church just feeling like, what am I doing here today? Have you ever felt that way? No, I know you. everybody here is so spiritually minded, so heavenly minded that you never have those days. When you just want to yell at the kids and say, knock it off. If you don't stop, I'm turning this car around. Whoops, I can't say that. True worship is faith-based. Because when we don't feel like it, we worship anyway. It's not about us it's about him that's why he said to the Samaritan woman you have no idea about who or what you're worshiping now the Jews weren't any better than the Samaritans but they understood that salvation came through Abraham through David what do you mean because Jesus 
came through Abraham and through David. Our object of worship is the Lord Jesus Christ. We got on that discussion the other day. Well, why do we have a cross in the church? We don't worship the cross. Well, we worship at the cross. But we don't worship this. We worship the one who hung on the cross. We worship the one who is no longer on the cross. This is a reminder that though we have to meet him at the cross. Where do you think you got saved? I got saved in my living room, on my knees. No, I got saved at the Baptist church down at the altar. No, I got saved at a Billy Graham crusade. Down front when he told, when they were singing just, what's the song? They, just as I am. It was still you met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Because it was there he bled and died. The only difference is, is Jesus is not hanging on that cross today. He is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. But spiritually, we have to come to that place where Jesus bled and died for us. And we worship him because he was willing to do it for us. Can you say amen? Come on. Let me tell you what authentic worship is not. It is not music style. Authentic worship is not music style. There's too many Christians today who are worshiping the music, not the one it's sung about. Come on. Think about it. Too many people are hung up on the style of worship. I like Southern Gospel. Why don't we sing Southern Gospel? Now, I like that contemporary stuff. I'm super spiritual. I just want the hymns. <laughs> We've all met them. You know what I'm so grateful for, though? We're coming to a place in the church where the worship wars have ended. But the problem I'm seeing today, though, is that we're worshiping the worship in some of the churches. And I don't care if the worship leader gets up there in his tight, skinny jeans. <laughs> He has a haircut that he looks like an apaca. <laughs> and he's the coolest dude in the room. If his whole being is about worshiping Jesus and getting the church to worship Jesus instead of his bass solo... Come on. I had a friend in Bible college. 
He was always concerned when he played the drums in chapel service that he was not the center of attention. That when he played, it was complimenting what the Holy Spirit was doing. I had another friend in Bible college. He always played piano. And he got saved, but he was a lounge player. Remember the old days, the lounge players? And he got saved, so he gave up the lounge. But God said he wanted to use his talents, but not on the piano. He had to learn how to play the organ. It was still the day when you had the piano and the organ because that was, that was the way we worshipped. We had the guitars, the bass, the drums, but you still threw the organ in there because Grandma loved the organ and she donated it. Remember those days? So you, you, you wanted to bless Grandma? Well, he was doing really well. Until one day, the Spirit of God was moving and people were in the altar. And the piano player is just tickling the ivory, just lost in the Spirit. And he's over there, just kind of tickling the organ, you know. And all of a sudden, he said, I had to go to war. Because all I wanted to do was play Misty. <laughs> and I had to fight playing Misty. Because I didn't want to get the glory. I wanted the people to keep their eyes on Jesus. Robin, you got to find Jason in one of those wigs so he has one of those. No, <laughs> don't. <laughs> True worship. It is meant to change, transform our lives. Let me say that again. True worship is meant to change, to transform our lives. Most Christians don't like being told we need to transform. Why? Because it means we have to change. That's the wonderful thing about Jesus. He's always working on us to make us better. And the only way he's going to do that is transform us or change our attitude, change our thinking, change what we do. <coughs> do we put him first in our lives? That takes change, a way of doing things. Now I'm going to blow your mind. That is why if true worship is about transforming our lives and changing us. That is why the whole service is the worship service. We get it wrong when we think that, oh, the worship time has ended, the worship service has ended, and now the pastor's going to preach at us for a while, and then we go home. The whole service is the worship service from the beginning to the end. You see, while the pastor's preaching to you, you should be worshiping God. What? You need to be praying. Lord, help me to be a better worshiper. Lord, let me be authentic. 
Lord, transform my life. Lord, I don't want to hear what he's talking about right now, but Lord, do it anyway. <laughs> Come on. Because the whole time we're singing, we start with a conversation, we end up coming to church, and whose house is this? When you go to a friend's house for dinner, what do you do? You just walk in and sit down and say, okay, entertain me. Don't you have a conversation with the Lord? I mean, don't you have a conversation with the person you're going to visit? You come in and you start in the doorway and you usually talk about, isn't the weather nice? Yeah, it's wonderful. And, and, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. See, that's how our worship's supposed to start. We welcome, our, we welcome him into our presence and we've come into his presence and we talk about the weather. Thanks, Lord. That's why we sing happy birthday to you and we do all that stuff in the beginning because that's what you do in the beginning of things. But we go deeper. And as we go, worship turns into a time of prayer where the Lord is ministering to us through the song. He uses music because it touches our whole being. It touches our minds, it touches our emotions, it touches our spirit. And if we would truly go there with him, when it comes time to go, and that's why I always say we're going to continue worshiping the Lord in our giving because that's a time we are giving back to him after all he's done for us. And we go through all that, and then we have this special song just to get our minds back completely on what we've been doing so that we can hear from God. And that's what this time is about, is hearing from him. And we should be talking to the Lord inside about what's being preached. Lord, help me to be transformed, to have my mind renewed by Jesus Christ. Help me to be an authentic worshiper. Help me, Lord, so that I don't always just sit there. Help me, Lord, to really enter in and worship. And I told you, worship doesn't have to be clapping your hands. It doesn't have to be running around the room. It doesn't have to be jumping up and down. For you older folks, it doesn't have to have your head banging. That's how you can tell my generation. They'll be sitting there like this. And your generation's doing this. Or maybe something different now. But that's how it's been, you know. And I don't know what you guys do when you're in the car. But my generation still does. I'm always fascinated about, it, about how God touches people. And one of the reasons why the kids do this, because when they go to conferences and stuff, they're so packed in like sardines, they can't move anyway, so the only place to move is up and down. <laughs> A few years ago, it was doing mosh pits for Jesus. 
And I would always go, oh my word, come on. But if they were touching Jesus, I didn't care. Worship is supposed to be done in spirit and in truth. John 4, 23 and 24 says, Jesus says, but the hour is coming and now is. And we're living in that time. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. You know what that tells me? If we're supposed to be worshiping in spirit and truth, then nothing phony should be going on. Get rid of the pretense. Get rid of the phoniness. Don't be going through the motions. But pastor, I don't feel it, so I just go along. Stop. But this worship in spirit and his truth is to have a real desire to touch God. That's what you need. Oh, if you want to live for Jesus, you, you need him more. Especially today. My word, they're always trying to scare. Turn on the news. They're always trying to scare us. They try to make the president out to be the boogeyman, and he's not. Drives me up the wall. They try to make this and that and everything else be terribly scary, and that scary thing happens, and they fixate on that, and they ignore everything else. You know what makes me all upset about the fixation? Yes, what happened in Vegas was terrible, but we've had more people killed in Chicago this year than were killed in Vegas. And they don't talk about it. There was more killed in Baltimore this year than were killed in Vegas. And they don't talk about it. Why is that? Was it because at, the, at one it was a bunch of white people that got shot up? You know, I don't go into that, all that racial garbage. But in Chicago and Baltimore, it's, it's African Americans are getting shot up. It shouldn't matter. But what bothers me in Chicago and Baltimore, it's little children. And they're not talking about it. What's the answer? The church has the answer. The church is the only one with the answer. It's Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can change those gang wars. He's the only one that can bring peace to chaos. But we get so excited to be entertained as Christians. It's become its own industry. If we would truly worship the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength, we would be wanting to change the world. That's why 
the enemy of our soul keeps us from truly worshiping. That's why he gets your kids all stirred up on the way to church. That's why he introduces fear to wear you out so you don't have the strength to get up in the morning to go to church and yet you can get to work the next day. Think about that. If you can get to work the next day but you can't get to church, you need to rebuke the devil. Why? Because somebody's trying to keep you from worshiping God so that you can be a change agent. Because God wants to use you because you're very special to him and he knows there's only certain people that you can reach. My word. I'm going to... Robin works in a dish room. On paper, she shouldn't be working in a dish room. She's got a degree. And yet she's happy washing dishes. And yet she's got to pay all that money on a degree she has. It's become another child in her house. Why is she happy? Because she's in a place where God can use her. And she's using her degree better in a dish room than if she had been someplace else. She is. She's the happiest dishwasher you'll ever find. Even on days when she comes home weary and just, she's just, she loves going and working with those college kids. Somebody has to. Finally, true worship is God revealing himself to us. Oh, don't you like that? Now, we've talked about our desire to touch him, but true worship is God revealing himself to us. Verse 25 through 26. And the woman said to him, hmm, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. That's what Christ means, Messiah. So when you see Jesus Christ, it means Jesus Messiah. But because the New Testament was written in Greek, they just kept Christ. Because most of the day, you know, they knew what it meant. Today, we just think that's his last name. <laughs> no, it means something. <laughs> the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. True worship. Is God revealing himself to us? Look what he says in verse 26. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. He gets done talking about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. You know, don't you want to touch the real God? Don't you want to touch him and, and worship him? Yeah. And after she, he gets her through all that, then he reveals himself to her, I am he. He wants to do that in your life. 
He wants to reveal himself in you and through you. Living for Jesus is lived out in our daily lives where we are living for him. Why do you think that? Why do you think he has you placed here in this world? It's not easy, is it? You're not always happy, are you? You're not always healthy. Sometimes your back aches. Sometimes you're losing your voice. Come on. Sometimes your head is pounding. Sometimes people don't want to be around you, and you really don't want to be around them. But there's a reason why God has you where he has you, because he wants to live out his life through you. What a blessing. Did you ever think of yourself as someone that God can live through? He wants to use little old you, but I'm a nobody. Ah, that's where you're wrong. In God's eyes, you're a somebody. Don't let anybody say you're a nobody. In God's eyes, you're a somebody because Jesus died for you. When we share the good news with someone, we are worshiping Jesus. When we share the truth of the gospel in our own life or with someone, we are worshiping Jesus. Why do I say that? Because sometimes we lie to ourselves. Oh, that's for oh, that's a good word, Lord, but that's for somebody else. Oh, Lord, that's a that truth is in there. Man, I don't like that, but Lord, I'm sure going to live it. You're worshiping Him. Lorraine and I were reading through the Bible a few years ago, and we were reading a section in Romans, and my daughter was sitting around the corner listening to us read out loud. She wanted to hear, but she didn't want to be in the room. Silly girl. And after we got done reading the section in Romans, she came to us and said, that's in there? Yep. Huh. Sometimes we can read the Bible over and over again and we miss things. But we would apply the truth of God's word to our lives. We are worshiping him. And then when we tell the truth to someone else, oh, I know there's so many people saying, we just need to go around loving people. Loving people is not being PC with them. For those who don't know what PC means, I'm political. Because there's certain things in here that are just not PC. <laughs> Come on. All right. You're a loving parent. Juanita, do not touch that stove. But I want to touch the stove. Do not touch the stove. Why? Because it's hot, it will burn you. And they go to reach out to touch the stove, and what do you do? 
after you've already told them twice, do not touch that stove. Oh, Juanita, go ahead. You can touch it. I love you so much. Go ahead. It's all right. Why did you let me touch that stove? It burnt me. Come on. As a loving parent, we tell them no. And sometimes we reinforce the no. Why? Because we love them. Jeremy, I told you not to touch that power line, and now you're wondering why your heart stopped. <laughs> Telling the truth to people, even when they don't want to hear it, is being loving if you're telling the truth, because the Bible says the truth shall set you free. Leaving someone bound where they are is not loving. Put it this way. You find the kidnapped person all tied up. And you say, hi, how are you doing? You looking good for the state you're in. See you later. And the bad guys come and pow, pow. No, that's not what a loving person would do. You would untie them and get yourselves out of there. <coughs> so true worship is worshiping him in truth and sharing that truth with others. And true worship is worshiping where your spirit connects with his spirit. Oh, that's the most wonderful thing to have happen. King David was where we've all been at. <sighs> King David's going, <clears throat> I'm having a miserable day. I don't want to go to the tabernacle. I got too much to do. Forget it. No, King David realized how important worship of God was. So he wrote a psalm, and in that psalm he says, I told my spirit, I commanded my spirit to worship God, and he did. You know what? You can command your spirit, not the Holy Spirit, your spirit to worship, and you will. So next time you don't feel like worshiping, you just tell your spirit, Spirit! Worship, get the rest of me in line. Because if you make up your mind where the battlefield mostly is, think about it. If you make up your mind and you agree with your spirit to worship the Lord, guess what? The body has to fall, even when it doesn't feel like it. Oh, my back is aching me today. Oh, worship him anyway. And guess what? You can do it. When I'm feeling my worst, I love going to church because when I get done, I feel so much better. Let the Holy Spirit get in control of your life. Yield to him. Here's the secret. Yield to the Holy Spirit. He will help you live for Jesus.
we think we have to do it in our own strength. No. We can do it in the strength of the Lord when we yield to the Holy Ghost and we let Him touch our lives and strengthen us. Of course, that's a whole sermon for another time. Will you yield to the Lord and let him have his way in your life? Let us pray. Lord, so many of us in our church are new to worship. Some of us are old hands at worship. But Lord, life has beaten us down. A few weeks ago, Lord, you had me ask the question, how many here are tired? And so many hands went up. That's why I'm excited about next week's message, Lord. Because you're the answer to that tiredness. But Lord, one of the answers for living this life in you is to truly worship you and be dedicated to you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to yield ourselves to the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit. For, Lord, he will strengthen us and help us to grow in you. Lord, we love you. We worship you, Lord. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen.